Good morning, church. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we are excited that you are joining us this morning. Um, it is a beautiful morning, and we are excited uh, to come together this morning and just worship His holy name and be ready to receive um, His word this morning. I want to thank our praise and worship team for uh, leading us into uh, God's presence, and we just had the opportunity to celebrate Holy Communion, and what, a, what an awesome, um, intimate time that is. And now we continue to gather around the table, ready to be fed by his word. And we continue in the book of Matthew. The scripture for today is in the, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. The title of my sermon is A Conflict of Interest. Let us pray this morning. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this morning. And we ask, Father God, this morning that you open our ears and prepare our hearts and prepare our spirits, God, so that we may receive your word this morning. I ask, Holy God, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So the scripture reading again, chapter 16 of Matthew, verses 21 through 28. And it says, this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord this morning. As I said, you know, we continue <clears throat> the study in the book of Matthew. And, and let me tell you, it has been um, an awesome experience. I think if we had at the beginning of um, our study, of, uh, if we started studying the book of Matthew, we probably could have called it a series of, you know, going deeper, diving deeper into the scripture, because it really has been a scripture that we have not just stayed on the surface, but really have, have asked ourselves some really important questions. Two weeks ago, we talked about, you know, what the words that come out of our mouths reveals what's in our hearts. Last week, we learned that our decisions as to who Jesus is to us will be evident in our witnessing. And then others will know who Jesus is by the way we testify and we witness. <clears throat> and today, we look at the expectations and the cost of following Jesus. Um, and, and, you know, let me let me stop here because... This is going to be one of those scriptures, as it has been, I think, for several weeks now, in where it's, it's not necessarily a scripture for beginners. This is this is one of those, um, you know, we're going to have a family meeting type of scripture. This is one of those, you know, um, 
we're going to have a staff meeting and we're going to talk about some some honest truth um, issues. Um, this is going to be one of those where you know this happens to me often when I'm in my office and I'm and I'm having a conversation through the um, uh, speakerphone and then we're going to get into something serious. So this is when I say, okay, hold on, let me go and let me close my door. <laughs> and 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 so this is this message is for us as Christians, but it's an important one. Um, so today we look at what a difference a week makes for Peter. Last week, we were celebrating that Peter finally got it right. When Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter answered the first time the correct answer. And that was, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus tells him, blessed are you, Peter. And at the time, it was Simon. And he changed his name to Peter, the rock in on, on which I'm going to build my church. And then here we are a week later in our study, and Peter is being rebuked by Jesus. And Jesus says, stand behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Last week, he went from the rock in where I will build my church, and this week in our study, he becomes a stumbling block to the ministry. And he calls reference to Satan. Now, I don't know about you, but being called out by Jesus and using the reference of Satan is probably on the top of the list of things I don't want Jesus to call me out on, <laughs> or, or anyone else for that matter. So, so what happened? What happened that Peter went from, from blessed are you, Peter, to stand behind me, Satan? And, and we can relate to Peter, I think, quite a bit, because I think this is where we are more like Peter than we think we are. But what happened is Peter's interests were not aligned with Jesus's interests. This morning, we're gonna look at three life application points that will help us understand this scripture better. And it is my prayer that you look at this scripture and you listen to this sermon with fresh eyes. And, and just find ourselves in that story. Find ourselves in the situation that's happening at the time and see how much we are aligned and how much we can actually identify with Peter. So here's the first life application point. We must be aware of the me interest versus spiritual interest. Let's look at Peter's interest. Peter finally understood that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the anointed one. But Peter, like all the other Jews, they thought that Jesus, the Messiah, was going to establish his kingdom on earth, that, that he was going to liberate them and he was going to bring justice for them. And you know what? Not only that, but if Jesus was going to rule um, his kingdom here on earth, then that puts Peter and the disciples in a pretty good position. And of course, they cared about Jesus. But this, by this time, Jesus was their friend, their, their rabbi, their, their Lord. They, they, they loved him, and so they didn't want anything to happen to him. But, but Peter's interests were, were very different than Jesus' interests. And so here, Jesus is telling them that he must go to Jerusalem, that he must suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, 
and he will be killed and be raised on the third day. He says, but I don't know. I don't think that they heard the being raised on the third day because when they heard that Jesus was going to be killed, I think at this point, not just Peter, but all the disciples were like, oh, hold on, hold on. What are you talking about? You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the chosen one. You're the one that has come to liberate us. And so how are you talking about being tortured and being killed and suffering? That is not what a Messiah does. That's not what happens to a Messiah. In fact, if you are the Messiah, if you are the chosen one, if you are the son of the living God, why would God allow this to happen to you? And so, so Peter's interests were very different than Jesus' interests. It wasn't just a conflict of interest. In fact, it was a conflict of expectations of what Peter and the disciples had and the, and the Jews and what Jesus had. So how are we like Peter today? Could it be that sometimes, many times, a lot of times, our interests could also be misguided? There's a lot of things that I can point to, I think, to support that statement. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna just point at one that, that is the most recent one, that's the one that we're living through right now. And, and sociologists call it an individualistic society. That that we as a country are an individualistic society, that we believe in the Trinity. You know, Christians who are in, who live in an individualistic society, who, who subscribe to the individualism out there, we, uh, we believe in the Trinity, socialists, um, sociologists say. But the Trinity happens to be me, myself, and I. You know, we, we subscribe to the mentality that it's all about me. I'm the most important person. My wishes, my desires, and my rights, and my interests are more important than others. I understand that, that you are important too, but I've got to look out for number one first, and number one happens to be me. And once I'm good, then, then I'm open to, to be able to, to consider the needs for others. But, uh, but I got to get good first. I got to get what I need first, and then I can, I can think of others. But you know what? Sadly, that's not the way it happens. What we tend to see is, you know, we might struggle, and when we get there, when we're at that good place, when we're at that place of wholeness, of, of healing, of, of restoration, we tend to, instead of saying, okay, now how can I help you, is we tend to say, well, how come you're still in that situation? Look at me. I was able to overcome all that. I was able to pull myself up. Why aren't you doing the same? And that's sadly what happens. Not everybody, I know. But, but I'm starting to see that this is happening quite a bit. And, and, and so we are more like Peter because we have our own interests. You know, when we are the, you know, when we subscribe to that individualism, then we, we see the, the ones that are less fortunate than us and, and we help them, but in a sense of charity, not a requirement, not a sense of, um, of obligation, but but it's, it's charity, which, which makes me feel good when I do it because it's my choice to do it. And as long as I continue to leave it to be my choice, then I'm good with it. The problem is that, that we are moved 
and by the suffering and the misfortunes and that we we do want to help and many times we do step in to help however everything that we do is going to come to a stop when it starts infringing on my interest and my needs at that point is when we say okay hold on because you know remember it's got to be me first so so when you start infringing into my comfort into my safety into my security into my interests into into my desires into my rights well now i've got to put a stop to that listen this is this is a true conversation that happened today and 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 so it's for such a time as this as this that we have to take these scriptures seriously. Look at this, listen to this message and apply it to our lives because I think many of us can probably see ourselves in those scenarios. So today in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a cultural and racial conflict and a serious financial crisis, how do we respond, especially as Christians? How do we respond to the, this, the needs that are out there as a result of these things. Church, this is what I am seeing. <clears throat> this is what I am seeing from the Christian community. And, and, and I'm hearing the argument about wearing a mask, <clears throat> of how we, how we say, you know, yes, I hear you that it's not just for my protection, but it's also to protect others. But I don't care about that because my rights should be more important. In fact, my comfort should be more important. You know what? It's my faith. It should be my choice. And we literally are having those arguments today when we talk about putting others first, when we look at the message that Jesus had for Peter and for the disciples and for us. And when that becomes our argument, I really do believe that our um, interests are misguided. When we struggle in, in seeing that there are some injustices happening to a, a certain group of individuals and we cannot stand that we're highlighting some important um, recognition and acknowledgement of what is happening because it doesn't happen to include us and we have a problem with that, then I'm telling you our interests are misguided. Here's another one that I just... And, and having some really some no problems with somehow in the middle of this crisis the the unemployed and the poor and the hungry have become the enemy we we are demonize, demonizing people who lost their jobs and have to rely on unemployment and this is the sad part is that we choose not to help them with our own money but we also don't want the government to help them I read, I read an article um, in Christianity Today in which they did a survey and, and the question was, well, if you do not want to help those that are in need, if you don't want to help those that are hungry, if you don't want to help those that are coming to seek refuge in our country, then we cannot say that we have built our country on Christian values. And, and it is interesting how we were able to see so many people justify their positions. Um, there was one that said, you know, I'm, I'm okay with helping the unemployed and I'm okay with welfare as long as welfare doesn't become a career choice. Hmm. And that made me think for a bit. And George, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of us 
know someone, not heard about, not think that that might be the case, not read about it, but how many of us actually know someone who has chosen welfare and, and, and to be unemployed as a career choice? Because I can tell you, I have not met anyone. And I'm a pastor and I deal with all kinds of people, all walks of life, and I have yet to meet someone who has chosen to suffer as a choice. So, so I think we've got to ask ourselves, why am I feeling this way? Why am I looking at these individuals and, and demonizing and acting as if they're the problem? Because when we look at Jesus' interests and we look at ours, I have to ask you, are they aligned with what Jesus is, is telling us to do? We cannot have this, let them fend for themselves, I am not my brother's keeper mentality. So here, we hear Jesus saying, do not be a hindrance to my ministry. Do not be a hindrance to what I came to do. Do not be a hindrance to what I'm calling you to do. Stand behind me, Satan. Now, I need to clarify this, and we're going to learn more about it during Bible study. But, but, but this is really important because here Jesus was not calling Peter Satan. He, he wasn't using it as a, as a name. He was using it more as a, a role, as, as you're acting like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're being the stumbling block. You're, you're being the adversary. You're being the enemy of the cause in this particular case. So he was not saying that Peter was Satan. He was saying, Peter, you're acting as the same role that Satan would play in this ministry. And those, even though he wasn't being called Satan, that's still a very powerful statement that should be just as powerful for us today. Do not be a hindrance to my ministry, Jesus says. So today, church, I need to ask us, are we <coughs> aligned, are our interests aligned with Jesus's interests? Because we are called to carry each other's burdens. We are called to care for the least of these. In fact, the reason Jesus is preparing these disciples is because he was going to entrust them with that mission the way you and I are entrusted with that mission today. So, so when we come to church every Sunday and we do the Bible study every Wednesday and we do the prayer and we do all this time of preparation and devotion and, and, and all this expectation of growth is for such a time as this so that we can be entrusted with what he had called us to do. Are our interests aligned with Jesus's interests? Should we be involved engaged and passionate about the political issues today? Yes, absolutely. But I'm going to ask you, will you discuss your positions and your passion and your engagement with Jesus? In your prayer time, will you talk to Jesus about what our positions are and then be open to whether Jesus would say one of two things. 
as we share our passions and our positions with Jesus, would we hear Jesus saying, blessed are you because you didn't get to this place. It wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. Or are you open to hear from Jesus? Stand behind me, Satan. You are being a hindrance. You are, you are being an obstacle, a stumbling block for my ministry. Which one are we today? This is a very serious question. Here's a second life application point. It is an invitation, not a commandment. When Jesus says, if you want to follow me, then you must do these three things. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. However, again, you know, I don't think it had ever been presented to me as an invitation. But it truly is an invitation. You and I, we have a choice. We can choose today not to follow Jesus. We can look at these three things and say, mm, no, not for me. I'm, I'm good. I will choose Jesus not to follow you. Or we can say yes to the invitation because we do have free will. We can say yes to the invitation and say, Jesus, I do want to follow you. I do make that decision to follow you. And so then this is where Jesus says, okay, if you're going to follow me, here are some three non-negotiables. These are, if you're going to follow me, then these are the three things that I need you to do. And they are not they are not options. They are not, um, you know, they're not multiple choices. You can choose one and, and not the other. These are all required, non-negotiable. And in that order, you must deny yourself. One of the gospels says daily. You must pick up your cross daily, and then you must follow me daily. You know, Isaiah 55, 7 through 9 says, Let the wicked man forsake his own way, and the unrighteous man his own thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion, and to our God. For he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher, are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So why is that scripture important? Because I think we need to understand from the beginning that there will be a conflict. When we choose to do these three things, there will be a conflict. These things will not come natural because we are talking about the interests of our flesh and the interests of our spirit. And the truth is that both are always in conflict. Now, the good thing is that we have been given all the authority to be able to overcome that battle, that fight. But still, we need to understand that it's not going to come natural to us. But we also need to understand that whatever we come up with, His ways are better. His ways are not our ways, but His ways are higher than ours. So when we talk about deny yourself, it's not going to come natural because we naturally want to do the me first, right? That's why we can subscribe to that mentality so much easier. You don't have to tell me twice that I'm the most important person in the room. You don't have to tell me twice that my rights are more important than everybody else's rights. You know what? Amen to that. I That just makes sense to me. 
But then Jesus comes and says, you must deny yourself. Well, that doesn't make so much sense to me. But that's precisely the point. That's why today's sermon is a difficult one because it is a hard pill for us to swallow on the surface. When we look at our, flesh desi our fleshly desires and our spiritual um, desires, yeah, there will be a conflict. But Jesus says, you must deny yourself. You must be able to say, you, you are first. Your needs are more important. You know what? Let's take care of your needs first. I, I, I'm good. You know what? I'm good. I, 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 let's, let's focus on getting you what you need. You know what? I don't have to fear for my life when I get stopped by the police. So, so let's, let's look at how we can make the situation better. You know what? Thank God that I have a roof over my head and, 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 and I, life has, God has been good to me. So, so let me help you in your situation. You know what? We can say, I'm good. I eat good three meals a day, sometimes even six meals a day. You know, you know who I'm talking to. But you know what? Even if it was two meals a day, I'm still blessed. So let's, let's help you in your situation. Deny yourself sounds harsh, but it's a beautiful thing. It is definitely a sign of spiritual maturity when we can think of others' needs and they become more important than ours. Pick up your cross. You know, to us, the cross today signifies something very different than it did back then. We look at the cross and, and we find comfort in the cross. We find strength in the cross. We say things like, I will, you know, leave my prayers at the foot of the cross. We can say, you know, I come to the cross for, for healing and for strength and for comfort. But that wasn't what the cross symbolized back then. The cross back then symbolized something that was public. It, it signified humiliation. It signified torture. And if a criminal was carrying his cross, he was carrying his cross to his death. So when Jesus says, take up your cross, it means something really serious to us today. It means that we are publicly being participants in our own death to our desires, in the death of our interests. And we're putting Christ's interests first. It is public and, 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 and we are participants in that process. We are active, walking participants. It is obvious. It doesn't matter how many people will ridicule us. It doesn't matter how many people will make fun of us. It doesn't matter how many people will walk away from us. It is public and it is something we must choose to do daily daily we must die to ourselves so that we can be right in following christ and the third one says follow me <laughs> this one is an interesting one too and we, we've got it we've got to admit it because there are many followers many times in the group, right? There's this time when we're okay with following as long as we like where you're taking me. But you know what? If I don't like where you're going, then I'm not going to follow you. And Jesus here is saying, follow me. So all these interests that we were talking about earlier, all these, these um, non-negotiables that we're talking about and what that looks like, 
that means that you're accepting those as you follow me. Follow me doesn't mean, you know what, take a break, Jesus. Let me let me go in front of you for a little bit. <laughs> follow me doesn't say, I'm going to go side by side with you, Jesus, and we're going to do this thing together. No, follow me means you follow me. Now, during that time, um, if, if you were a follower of Christ and then you just followed wherever it is that he was going, that's where they went. And sometimes it, it, was, it wasn't pleasant situations. Sometimes it was dangerous situations, but they followed. And so my question to you this morning is, are we willing to follow regardless of where it is that he's taking us? Are you ready to deny yourself and your comfort and, and, and your, you know, sleeping late on a particular day? And you're, you know what, um, you know, one of the things that I used to hear all the time that I just, I thought it was sad, actually, from people who would say, you know, I don't come to church, Pastor, on Sundays because Sundays is my only day off. And I would think, wow, I'm, I'm not judging, but I would think, you know, on my day off, I would definitely, as hard as life can be, as hard as the work can be on my day off, it is <laughs> at the feet of Jesus that I would want to be. When, when, when things are so difficult, it is at the feet of Jesus that I want to worship him. So are we willing to be followers of Christ, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, and to follow him? If our self-interest hinders our participation in God's divine plan, then it must be removed. Here's the third life application point. There is a shift from service to sacrifice. Here on verse 21, we see that Jesus, and the scripture starts by saying, you know, from this point forward, from these days on, and this is kind of the part B from the scripture. This is where there's an actual shift in Jesus's ministry. He had been um, serving, he had been healing, he had been restoring, he had been delivering, he had been serving, you know, in a position of service, and here, he shifts to a position of sacrifice. Here is where we start his journey into a time of sacrifice. And, and why is this important for you and for me? Because that shift must occur with us as well. See, some things that happen here is there is preparation that needs to happen. And Jesus, you know, spend that time ministering and the disciples spend that time with Jesus and, and growing and learning and, and being able to witness uh, what Jesus was doing to the point that they got to the place where they said, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. And we, and they left everything behind to follow him. So that preparation church is important. And then there was a time of discipline and where, where some hard decisions had to be made. Should I follow or should I stay? Should I finish this or, or should I go and do that? But, but I had there's so many plans and dreams that I had, Jesus, I still haven't accomplished that. You know, how do you want me to walk away from those? And discipline means that we have to be able to walk away from some things. We have to be able to understand that that was our plan. And you know what, and that might have been good, but this is God's divine plan for us and is not always going to be aligned. 
And so that discipline is when we start growing and we start saying no to some things. And sometimes it's also no to some people. Sometimes there will be some people that we can say, I love you, but I cannot follow you. I love you, but I cannot go any further with you. This is as far as I can go. But hey, I'll be right here um, if you're willing to uh, come back and reconsider. I'll be right here and I will gladly point you to, the, to Jesus and, and take you to the place where you're going to be able to find comfort, where you're going to be able to find peace, where you're going to be able to be restored and healed and delivered. But sometimes it involves saying no to people. And then we must understand that it comes with a cost. There is a price to pay. And it's not a bad price. When you think of the price that he paid for us, when you think of the fact that he went to the cross, when you think of the fact that it cost every ounce of his blood for you and for me, and all is going to cost me is some discomfort. All it's going to cost me is to think of others first before me. That's not, not a bad deal. You know, the truth, church, is the situations that they were faced with back then are not the situation that we're faced with today. Thank God that you and I, we don't have to fear for our lives. Thank God that we don't have to worship hiding because we're afraid that we're gonna get killed. Thank God that you and I, we don't have to walk for miles to be able to worship. In fact, all you have to do now is walk to your living room. And yet, we complain about that. We've gone through the time of preparation and we continue. We, we, we're getting better at our discipline and, and that is important. And I think that's gonna be an ongoing situation. But today we need to understand that there is a price as well. And that shift, that shift needs to start happening today. My prayer is that you answer that invitation of following Jesus with a yes that the three non-negotiables become part of our uh, of our culture part of our of, of our value system and that we are ready for that shift maybe many of us were comfortable for way too long and now we are at a place where, where God is saying, it's not about you being comfortable. I pray, church, because I, I'm so excited that we, we were able to get the technology that we needed, to be able to have the resources that we needed to be able to make this happen. And we found a way that in the middle of this pandemic, we're still able to safely come together, safely be fed spiritually, safely be able to still have that relationship. Now we're doing our connections um, time on Wednesdays at 6.30 so that we can just connect, we can just see each other and be able to just, you know, have some conversations. Thank God that we've been able to do that. But it wasn't just about that. It's good that we do all that so that we then can do this and be followers of Christ. Are you ready to follow this morning?
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Father God, for, for reminding us, God, that it's not just about the words that come out of our mouths, it's not just about how we witness, but to understand, God, that there is some expectations and some requirements, God, that come from your invitation to follow you. So today, God, we are open. Today, we allow your Holy Spirit to go deep into our hearts, deep into our thoughts, and be able to identify what our interests are, God, and, and be honest in our conversations, be honest in our prayer, and, and, and be able to say, are my interests aligned with your interests, God? Am I wanting to, to connect to, to things, to people, to politics, to try to save the world when the reality is that you are the only one that can make that happen? That you, Jesus, was not about power, was not about influence, was not, was not about connections, was not about wealth. It was about the value in the people that you came so that none would be lost. Help us this morning, God, be able to see life and people through your eyes. And not just be moved by the misfortune, not just be moved by wanting to help them, but be moved because we fully understand their value. Help us, Holy One. Say yes to the invitation. Understand, God, that, that you know, for those of us that have gone too long with, with being okay with one out of three, with those that, that, that even take pride with saying, well, two out of three is not bad. Today, God, we say, give me, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, the strength and the courage so that it will be three out of three, so that I can deny myself daily, so that daily I can pick up my cross and that daily I will follow you. And today, I just thank you for this shift, God, that is happening in our congregation, with the shift that is happening in our Christian community, God, that we are going to be the voice, God, that we are going to be the light, that we are going to be the optimistic ones, that we're going to be the ones that are going to be canceling out the negativity and the hate and, and the division that is out there by being able to bring you into the conversations by being able to bring you, God, into the needs, by being able to bring you, God, into our worlds. Today, God, we stop being individuals and we start being a body that you've called us to be. Today, God, we no longer subscribe to individualism, God, and understand that we are one body with you, God, and that each one of us has an important function if we're going to go out and do the work that you call us to do. I thank you, Holy One. I honor you, and we are so privileged, God, to be able to be used by you, to be those vessels, God, that you call us to be. And we thank you in advance for the work that you're going to do in us, with us, and through us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It is our prayer, as it is every Sunday, that this service was of a great blessing to you. 
I invite you to visit our website, nb-ccc.org, and, and let us know how you are doing. Uh, send us your prayer requests so that we can keep um, you and your needs in prayer. Look at the information on our website about our church so you can join our virtual Bible study at 7, our virtual connections on Wednesdays at 6.30, uh, our Spanish service at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then we have a beautiful children's ministry service immediately after this service. If you visit our website, it's also an opportunity where you can go in and give your love offerings and your tithes. It is, it is, we thank you for your love and your support. And now uh, we ask you to go, go and be a follower of Christ because this world really needs us right now. Thank you. God bless you.